What is happening, everybody? We're back at the lotto. Bet thanks. Thank you again. Rob McCann, thank you again for giving me my uh, my logo and uh, and the song. Um, hopefully, uh, I have some good stuff coming on and some more good interviews coming on in a few weeks. But uh, um, I'm working on a few things. But tonight was um, uh, I had, a, had, a, had this fella. Uh, booked last week and there was uh, issues and then this week no big deal but he works for a living and that's what happens when you work for a living sometimes you're on the grind and you you, you mean well but you can't you can't keep uh, you can't make your commitment and I respect that I cool I know I'm working with him and I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get Mr. Theo on for sure he may even call in while this is going on because I told him if he's in the car that he can feel free to call in so you know, then what do you got to do? You got to go to the bullpen. You know what I mean? When your starter ain't doing the job, your starter gives up some runs early in the game. You know, you got to look for a long reliever. And uh, I reached out to my long reliever, and Drake goes back, baby. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for coming back, dude. No problem. I kind of, I, in a way, I kind of feel bad. Like, I, I, I was, I, I saw, uh, like, because you told, you, you told me about the guy who was coming on. And I was like, I was really excited to, uh, to listen to him and and then you messaged me and i was like okay well you're not you're not getting that guy you're getting more drico <laughs> i know hey look I, I don't care like like you know it's funny like i don't i look at i look at downloads and i look at I'll go to the different sites to look at like listens on the separate sites and stuff right but um i don't but i don't care i'm just interested do you know what i mean but right, right. i don't care if nobody listens so to me I'm going to, you know, it's not even about that so much as, you know, from, from a, a Romo standpoint of, uh, of duties, I, I say to myself, like, I really like doing this. I have a really good time. And, but if I wanted to get serious, I'd have to give up. I'd have to stop working or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's it just, just stop uh, inviting me on. That's for no, sure. No, 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 <laughs> no. But you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, this is the first. This was this was technically um, my first uh, outside of the pocket, say right. using football terminology. You know, outside of the pocket pass that I made to to do this interview. And again, it's going to happen, and I really believe that it's going to happen. But but um, you know, obviously it hasn't happened now. This has been two weeks now that it, it hasn't happened. So you know, I say to myself, hey, like, what do I? You know, what am I, what, what do I got to do? But I don't, right. I, it is what it is that I say to myself, it is what it is. And let's have some fun. And that's why I was like, let's, you know, let's start late and do, I'm doing, I want to, I want to, I want to talk. I want to put it out there. Right. Boris in the room. Boris, Boris you see Boris is in the room. I come? did. I saw that. Uh, he comes in, man. He's even still number 88. I got it. Yeah. Gotta I noticed that, that too. Boris. I was about to say, Boris sell 88. Dude, we totally appreciate it, man. And uh, hope hope you're well, dude. And um, you know, I appreciate you listening. I do know that you you, you catch up and you come in, so that, so that's awesome, man. I do appreciate it. But um, uh, I do. Though flip side is, I actually had. Um, I don't know if you remember the episode I did with my buddy Brandon, who's the uh, talent booker for music. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Venues. And Joe, who did the the, you know, his band did the song, the theme song for me. But I, I was talking to him um, the other day, and he was like, "Hey, I was like, you got to come back on the show because we were having this really good uh, 
texting IM conversation back and forth with each other about music and what's going on. And I was reading it and I was like, man, this is so interesting. We got to do another show on this. Like we can't, I can't, I, people need to hear what you're saying. Cause it's actually quite cool or not quite cool, but it's quite interesting what's going on in the music industry in America. Well, at least in Atlanta. And, right. He had a unique and, perspective. Well, yeah, he has a very unique perspective, and it's and there were some things there that I didn't even expect, and I'd love to have him on. And he was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah," he's like, "And I'll come on with, uh, you know, the sort of a friend of a friend sort of thing." But uh, he he's probably can hook connect me, make some connections, and I'm going to try and work with him to make some connections and have some really cool guests in the music industry because I think I could do pull that one off. You know what I mean? So we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna work on I, I got a few things sort of in the works, but hopefully uh, uh, we have some fun with some guests going forward. But you, my friend, are always welcome in the studio. Like officially, so when I when I you when become I was, the co-host, <laughs> I uh, honestly I really appreciate that. But I do want to say when I was talking about like not inviting me, I that was just self appreciating humor. It's like I'm not like. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's look. Let's. I, I, I got tons of stuff anyway. That right. We're not tons of stuff, but I had a list of stuff without him to talk about anyway. And uh, right, you know, Mr. I had a topic I wanted to bring up too. Excellent. So, and like I said, uh, he, he's, he's probably going to be in a car and he, he probably, he knows that because he's got the, the app and he knows that we went live and he might be having to work in in between jobs or something. But I said, if you want to call in anyway, call in. And if it's, if the sound isn't horrible, we'll still do, still do something quick, but, um, good. I'm glad you got tough to talk about too, but, uh, yeah, I figured let's, you know, I, I see, um, the U.S. has, you know, we're, we're, you know, there's, there's a possible, you know, there's trips and things coming up and trips to America and the, the U.S. has finally opened its borders. I don't know if you've seen that to, uh, uh, to Ireland and to the U.K. Right. And, but, but for our instance, to Ireland, it, it's opened its border. That's really good news. The bad news is that America doesn't accept the AstraZeneca <laughs> vaccine yet. And it's like seventy oh, percent. Really? It's like seventy percent of Brits, and you know, a good right. chunk, even some friends of ours, of, of Irish that have had the Astra uh, vaccine. So it'll be interesting to find out whether or not you know the U.S. pushes through. Do you think they would just push through the? You know, we have a mutual friend in the in the business, and and he thinks that maybe the U.S. will just see they're going to have to see the light, and they're going to have to push and say the Astra is acceptable. Right. Yeah, that would make sense uh, because the U.S. relies on tourism and stuff like that too. So, yeah, not I mean, to, obviously not to the uh, obviously it's completely different, but they still have like there's still lots of businesses that uh, yeah, totally that has a, a a big chunk of the revenue from that. Totally, absolutely, man, absolutely. Um, so it'll be it, it will be. You know, fingers crossed that uh, that those changes are made. I don't know if you've heard this one. Well, let, let, uh, let, let, while we're on the the uh, the COVID still, um, I don't know if you saw that uh, um, the WHO. It was basically that the Chinese, the Chinese labs in Wuhan, purchased all of the testing equipment months <laughs> before the first virus case was reported. Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't actually see that. <laughs> yeah. So what? What? So they, they, yeah, uh, they, they, uh, they bought testing equipment to test that if somebody has that that can be used to test if somebody has COVID. 
before a virus months before the first <laughs> virus case was reported yes that's what it's saying chinese labs in wuhan purchased an increased quantity of coronavirus testing equipment several months before the first virus case was reported to the who in december 2019 new and data was this was this bef- this was this the same lab as uh, the one that so it doesn't, uh, the, the information I don't have doesn't have the lab, but it says that the data procured by the Australian U.S. cybersecurity firm Internet 2.0 found that there was a buy-up of polymerase chain reaction testing equipment by nearly 50% throughout 2019. <laughs> they got some splated to do, man. They, they really do. Like, <laughs> you know it was I mean? always fishy. Can I, I mean, it was always fish. This is like, such a, a, a this is such the the I mean, you, we've talked about this before. This virus has become such a political hot button topic when it should never be polit- political, never. And realistically, right. we all got the same enemy here. You know what I mean? Let's fix right. the shit first, and then let's all look to the same person and be like, "Yo, what the fuck happened here, China?" Like. This this is something right. This is something you did. You did this, China. You so know what I mean? The thing that makes me most suspicious is that how much in the beginning they actually tried to hide it themselves. And like you remember that there there was like scientists getting arrested for like trying to tell people, okay, this this is bad. You need to you need to take care of yourself. And like they were like under undercounting the numbers. There was official website statistics that were coming out with uh, COVID numbers that were just well below reality. Like they at the at, when this was at the very start, when before this before this was uh, in any other country, when it was just a, a thing in China, they were trying to hide it, hide the whole thing. And the thing about the like, say, so, okay, like they're trying to do this is like coronavirus stuff. Is, is actually a lot more has been a lot more common in Asia and China than here. Like this no. is their sec. This is I think it's their third like coronavirus thing because they they ha- for at the very least I know they had the SARS thing. So like they like it wasn't like this was like uh, a thing they don't have experience with. So like it wasn't like a, a a thing like oh like well we don't know what this is like. You know what I mean? Like it was something they have, they actually have experience dealing with, and the, <laughs> yeah. the fact that they tried to hide it so much when it, yeah. when they should, when they already, they actually legitimately, they already have a playbook of how to deal with it, like a legitimate playbook that worked, that has worked before, and instead they try to hide it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know there's so much, there's so much so much it's such a uh like i mean again like i said as far as what as far as it i I don't even think that i'm not i'm not even saying that this could have been something that they were looking at because they're so advanced at these viruses that they were trying to find a an answer to it and it got out of it got out of the lab i'm not saying that it was a biological chemical warfare right we don't know the world i'm not saying that i'm sure that it was something much more for lack of a better term innocent than that i right. would say i would think what's but, the phrase like don't assume uh ill intent where stupidity will do just fine There's, isn't there a phrase like that yes exactly exactly so i wouldn't uh 
but at the same in the same regard, like see, they, it's so shady. It's so shady, right? You know the 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 when you go to these trade shows there, um, and you talk to the factories and the manufacturers of everything, everything you buy, because it's all made there. You know what I mean? Right. It's all made in the Far East. When you talk to these guys, the they the kind of one of the running jokes basically in the industry is that they'll always tell you no problem, no problem. So you go to these factories. Can you do this? No problem. You sure? Yep. No problem. All right. Give me samples. The sample is hard. Then they make a better and better sample until they figure out what to do. They've never done it before, but they're never going to tell you no. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it's, it's, it, 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 they just, it is what it is. And there's so many, it's just a different way of life. It's a, it's a completely different way of life. There right. in China. And, and, you know, like I, I, the, the, it isn't even so much like the average wage between a Chinese. I saw this somewhere like the average wage between American and, and the Chinese is not that like the average wage, say in America, just, I'm just throwing a number. It was like 37,000 a year or something. You know what I mean? And the average wage in China is like 20,000, the equivalent of 27 or 24,000 or something. It's not that far right, off. Right. If you're in a city, you mean, but, and, but the, the difference is like, if you want to buy, you know, uh, you want to buy a car in America, you can buy a used car for, you know, four or five grand. Well, if you want to buy a car in China, that same used car is going to cost you like a year's salary. So the, everything is uber inflated. You know what I mean? It's uber inflated. And that's how they kind of keep the people at bay. And that's how the communist works because that's how they take everything. They take everything from you. You know what I mean? They tax right. you and take everything from you. So it's very, it's just a very different thought about stuff, about the way of life and stuff. But the fact that they hid it, they had to have hidden it, right? Like they've hidden something. Right. They all, they're they, always they, they, hiding They did shit. hide it. They did hide it. Like they literally, they tried to, like when it first came out, they tried to make it seem like nothing was happening. Like it was like what Trump was trying to do, but it wasn't just him. It was just the entire government of the country, like made it almost illegal to talk about. Yeah. 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 And now, you know what I mean? And then there's things like, I'll give you another, for instance, I, the business I'm in, you know, I, I do e-commerce and, and right. products and every year I, you know, bring in containers of, of product from, from the far East and I bring mm-hmm. it direct, directly bring it in for sale because it's great pricing and you buy bulk and all that stuff. Last year, a container that I paid $4,000 for this year cost me $24,000 one year. Yeah. 4,000, 24,000. And some point somebody's got to pay for that. You know what I'm saying? So if you have product like this is they, they've, it's crazy now with just everything that's going on. And this all comes from the same far East. It all happened around the same time. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like all this stuff is ha- like they got some explaining to do over there, man. It's scary. It's scary to think that that right they you know it's one thing being a yank but not living there anymore and looking back and seeing that kind of u.s patriotism 
understood, but like there ain't nobody more patriotic than the Chinese because you gotta be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You gotta be. Right. Don't disagree. And there's how many Chinese now? What is it? Two billion? I don't. I honestly, I don't know the exact number, but it's I like wonder just what it an is. enormous amount. But it's anyway. It's uh, um, um, it's just crazy, you know, to think that they got some splain to do in in China and the virus. But and hopefully we can get going. But uh, not to um, the the change subjects a little bit, but to go into some more interesting stuff in your field. The uh, did you see that? I think it even was today. The Irish have essentially agreed to. Raising the twelve point five percent corporate tax. To, oh wow! To go in line with the, you know, the new world kind of, that world plan or whatever the business thing and everybody in Europe and all that stuff and even Joe Biden was you know talking about it whatever America getting involved with it but the Irish are like whoa we can't be we can't be doing that apparently they changed wording because the Irish were happy to go. Essentially, if the the word of the government was the Irish government was happy enough to go along because of the new the new rate is fifteen percent, okay. and they're apparently happy enough to go with a two and a half percent raise, but no further. And the wording initially for this treaty was very vague on the fifteen percent, <laughs> like it could change, and then they all got to change. You know what I mean? Right. And and Ireland is like. We don't, we can't, we can't agree with that. Like, no, 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 we right. can't agree with that. We've, we've come this far because of our corporate tax rate. We can't, we'll, we'll come up to equal with you guys because we believe that we have the people here and we still have the, the, the base here for a lot of things and, and corporations will stay because they're not going to leave. But, right. But we can't go any higher. We're not going to, we're not going to go any higher than that because they're scared to death because, you know, but right. yeah, well, it's, it's the that. bread and it's the bread and butter of the uh, of uh, the economy, really. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. It's it's it is in so many ways. You know what I mean? It is in so so many ways. So the, one the thing that I, I bet there's a there's a lot of focus on the rate, on what the rate is. Okay, the rate is here is in Ireland is this, and the rate in France is this, and the, and and the, they're higher, so we're cheaters. Uh, but if you if you, one of the uh, one of the things about the Irish tax system that goes like very underlooked is that it's ex- incredibly simple to uh, to actually apply to your company's revenues compared to other countries. Like the uh, if you look at the effective, just for example, if you look at the effective rate. So after the it's like it's like in the US after after you account for this. And after you, you do this loophole, and after you do that, like the rate is is not that different. I think I saw a few years ago that it was like for some for some companies it was like ten percent or something like that. Uh, and yeah. uh, but for the large, for to a large degree, the actual rate was not that different. What made our the Irish system so competitive in I guess today's world is that the amount of time the amount of time and effort that a company would have to go to to actually like work out uh work through those taxes is like dramatically lower like the the, just the the, the use of phrase the man hours 
was like a fit or something like that. Right, 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 right. Um, right. um I, I, I mean, I guess you, you could, you could wonder how much would that truly matter. Well, like, yeah, I guess, like you're, I guess you're, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, it makes sense, and and and, you know. I was I, I should have I should have brought brought on the the information, but I didn't. So I'm totally paraphrasing here. But like, I recently saw a uh, kind of one of those uh, statistic map things on what countries are the easiest to hide your money in. Okay. And the U.S. is like the third or fourth easiest country of in the course. world to hide your money. And like everybody talks about these offshore accounts and this and that offshore. But the reality is the U S is like the third easiest country to hide your money. <laughs> of course so, it is. So the, 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 there's so much like it just fits in with there's so much anger over, ah, this, you know, this corporate tax rate is killing me. This corporate tax rate is killing me. But the reality is it's, you know, those tax laws were made for accountants to figure out loopholes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, and I mean, like, there, there's. I think we brought. I think I brought this up uh, on, on, a, on a previous uh, podcast, and I forget the exact numbers now. Uh, but I think they said that for every dollar that they spent extra on the IRS in enforcement, yeah, it would talk. bring like five more dollars. Not, yeah, something like five more dollars in actual yeah. tax revenue. But they won't do it. They won't do it. And, and honestly, like to be fully cynic, why would they? Yeah. Why would the rich people that are funded by the rich people do something like that? Like, yep. <laughs> they'll just keep it. What? Just, like, they'd rather they'd rather lose the four to be the only ones with the one. Well, I, I mean, like the uh, the people, but the people, most of most of the people in charge of the U.S. government, uh, like. Are honestly almost rich enough to be the ones taking advantage of that too. <laughs> yeah, and they get yeah. all of their funding, pretty yeah. much all of their funding from people even richer yeah. than them. Yeah, all like and, and it's you know the funny thing is it's all it's all of them. It's both sides. It's all right. Of them. You know what I mean? It really, it really, for the most part, it is. And w- what happens? And you know. A lot in American politics too, in all politics. But you have these young progressive candidates that that truly feel and believe right. things they truly feel and believe in until they're there, and there's very it's, few of them that ever get out of that cycle and don't right. end up becoming millionaires because of it. Right. They go in with with all these great intentions, but it's like they go into a system that has existed in in some cases for a hundred years or two hundred years into like churning out these exact same results and turning those people into the same people who came in before them, what, what they turned into, like just turning into another, I guess, swamp donkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's very, it's true, man. It's true. Like it's crazy. Uh, and even along those lines and to segue into the next part, you saw the, uh, the, the the leak of the Pandora Papers. Yeah, I've see I seen I see, I seen that there was a, a leak of all of that, and it was basically they just listed all of the different ways that uh, that people are um, uh, that these rich people are essentially able to funnel their money away from uh, uh, from getting taxed. And I saw that <laughs> it, there were some of them where like, and now this was just a headline. 
it was like some of them where like the U.S. government was like, you know, yeah, some of these they're okay. We're not gonna say uh, we're not gonna say publicly that they're okay, but yeah, wink, wink, they're okay. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's 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 you're right. It's crazy, but there, but uh, so so you're right about the U.S. I guess like like uh, um, certain states in the U.S. are becoming these these havens. You know what I mean? So right. apparently, South Dakota tr- trusts in South Dakota have more than quadrupled over the last ten years, and and tr- right. trust South Dakota trusts are not. Now we're three hundred and sixty billion. You know what I mean. So there are certain. Uh, so so yeah, that's a it's a huge uh, loophole going on. The Ross is, is with us. Look at that. Come on in, pal. And uh, Goldie's with us too. Welcome, Goldie. But uh, yeah. But uh, on the other side of that, I don't know if you if you read this about it. But and and really, it focuses on sort of the like the, like. Uh, Russian, Ukrainian, Uzbekistanian, like Eastern European and Central Asia, I guess is who they kind of focus on who's doing this, who's, who is, who right. are, you know, going through these and what, they got the name. <laughs> Ireland's got, a, but Ireland's got a part to play in that too. So <laughs> the, uh, the Irish times uh, established that there is a, uh, an empty office in one of those, you know, Ireland is, and maybe most cities are now, but you know, the, the booming, uh, serviced offices, you know, those things, you know, like, right. You know, you're Yeah. So, so <laughs> there is an office on lower Fitzwilliam street in Dublin. That is, right. the regi- it's an office in an office building an office in a building that is the registered address to more than 800 <laughs> limited partnerships. <laughs> Wow. I bet the rent is insane. <laughs> there is not a person inside that office. There is not a person inside that office. And more than 800 limited partnerships are all accredited to that office. I would so hate I've to see the mail. With the mail I was well. about to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes up with the biggest bag ever. <laughs> it's like these motherfuckers. <laughs> it's they probably just have like two people hired to shred the paper, you know, <laughs> shred mail all day. All you right. do is sit in that office and shred mail. Office, yeah, it's amazing. It's 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 crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I I read that. I read that. And I was like, that is actually that's actually hilarious. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. And it's, it's like it's like these things like happen. They 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 exist, and when when we find out about them, we're like, oh yeah, that that's nuts. Like, but uh, it, it makes me wonder, like, how many like just absolute absurdities absurdities exist like that that we just don't know about. Like, yep. there's got to be hundreds. And and maybe maybe this is just me being too cynical, but I I see stuff like this and like I know it hap- I know it happens. It seems pretty clear why it happens, but at the same time, it's almost like how, how can you be get so, how can you be impassionate or engaged in all of this political stuff when like 
it almost it almost it almost doesn't matter. Like, it almost doesn't matter. You're whatever fucking you think, right. Yes, whatever you do, 100%. whatever you say, all this bullshit is just gonna happen anyway. Exactly. Yet we're so fu- yet like that's what I'm telling you, man. That's what gets me. It gets me so upset and angry because because it's. It is just politics. You know what I mean? It is just, it's them. And we're not going to change it. So why do we get so worried about it? Let's just right. do what we got to do. Just be right. who we got to be. Yeah, I guess we are t- fucking assholes talking politics. But uh, <laughs> but sorry, man. Sorry if it upsets you. You're welcome to. Yeah, sorry for talking <laughs> politics on a Back podcast. Out. But we're actually not talking. Uh, okay. <laughs> 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 Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the show, then you support. <laughs> um, so, so uh, moving, moving, moving on because he accepts nothing. But uh, moving on. Um, so we in one of our recent uh, in group discussions, this came, this came in, and uh, uh, oh, I'm sure it's somebody we know. <laughs> it's um, definitely somebody we know. So, so. Um, uh, a Dutch artist. Did you see this Dutch artist who literally got paid to? Oh yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what the name of it is? Did you see what the name of it is? Yeah, it was like take the money and take run. the money and run. Like this is art. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's that's art today. That's art today. We get the. I think uh, Goldie and the MIB guys did the that show on right. you know other anomalies that are that pass for art you know and uh it does remind me of the uh the banksy one where do you remember the one in the museum and it was like a mi- it was like a million dollars that he sold it for but as soon as the purchase went through he shredded it yeah he shredded it <laughs> that is awesome the ultimate fuck you right yeah like <laughs> I I I can't even imagine how like how much power you'd have to feel that like your name is that good that you could so like just visibly fuck somebody over and like they kept that painting like they think it's really cool like oh yeah this is great <laughs> art <laughs> I know yeah the shredding may have become more valuable you never know that's the problem well is that the problem <laughs> isn't that the issue the the shredding became more popular. Right. Yeah, that, it back, probably backfired a, a little bit. But the reality is, snake oil salesmen have been around for, for, uh, forever. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, of course. Like, guys, this is just in the internet age. You just see them, and you can you can actually right. see what these guys are doing. You know what I'm saying? But, but they've right. been around it's forever. Just more visible. Just showing that somebody will buy a. Somebody will buy something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody. Everybody's right. Buy, there's there's something for everybody. everybody has has a thing that they want has a thing that they need and if 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 that if enough people or somebody with enough money wants that there's always somebody who's going to figure out how to pretend how to give it to them or pretend to give it to them if they don't have it just because just because they want their money yeah no you're absolutely like 100% right. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100% right. right. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's just the world kind of that we live in, isn't it? Like, I, you know, I talked to when, if with, with this fella that I was inviting on the show, you know, when you think about these guys, the, the, the this generation today that is, uh, 
that's streaming, you know, and like how we, an older generation looks back at that and says, you know, what is Jesus? Like, what are these, is this kid literally, these guys literally making money for watching people, watching them play video games. Well, yes, it is a, and there's three, basically there are three, platforms in the world now there are others but essentially there are three platforms in the entire world where these guys are making this money right now and that's twitch facebook and youtube right Right. those are the three (laughs) those are all owned by the fucking biggest moguls in the world (laughs) right they're just getting richer they're just getting richer uh google actually uh our youtube just hired somebody to be in charge of their of their podcast division and uh i i saw it on uh, bloomberg today and it was like before they didn't even care about their podcasts they just didn't care about podcasts being hosted and now they're actually yeah uh, they're hiring somebody to be in charge of this whole division which is supposed to be kind of indicative of okay now they're actually going to start caring about it and it's like they they they're like they weren't even trying before and the there's there's so many podcasts on youtube like yeah it's 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 uh it's all just funneling up to them and like you know youtube live streaming on youtube gaming facebook live streaming on facebook is is you know and twitch is obviously the the you know the one that you know bezos paid a billion and everybody said what the fuck is he spending all this money on this thing for and now right. he amazon takes 50% of everything that's donated to these guys amazon takes 50% of that you know what i mean right it's worth billions right it's worth fucking billions cuz bezos is going to the moon and f- and has the people or, or that figured out that this was going to be the next thing. You know what I mean? He he built a a, a platform specifically for doing exactly this. You know, it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. You know, Zuckerberg then adds to his. He's like, oh shit, we got to do this. And then Bryn and and who the Page and Bryn have to make YouTube through Google and make that better. You know what I mean? To accept this streaming stuff, but it's just crazy how, uh, how it's exploded and it's owned by the same, the same guys, you know, Zuckerberg. Right. Speaking of the Zuckerberg, it's like yesterday, the world came to a fucking end. <laughs> we we did. Are you kidding me? Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's it? like, I've, I've heard of the, uh, the, not the, the kind of m- metaphor, for like, um, there's a frog in a pot of water, and just slowly, uh, the the temperature slowly ri- uh, rises, and it it rises so slowly that the that the frog doesn't even know he's been cooked, until like he is being cooked. Uh, like it, like the amount of uh, of famine, violence, uh, uh, drought warring that say a country like Ireland has gone through in the US depressions world wars like like do you think civil about war. the civil war civil war civil wars you know you think about that stuff and you look at the, this you know what i mean you look at right. this today and you're like, like man how did 
how did it, it like how did, on a lifetime, how did billions right? of people become that dependent on <sighs> three social media apps wow wow it's crazy like you would have thought the world was coming to an end when when and now don't get me wrong like my grandmother is over 90 years old she is deaf she's probably can't see real great she communicates with me the only way she communicates with me is via facebook messenger so not she doesn't have a she does she doesn't on her laptop she doesn't have a smartphone you know there's no whatsapping that's going to happen with her there's no no right. other technologies that i can get through to her except through facebook messenger so she's probably the only person that i'm realistically do much facebook messaging to anymore right you know maybe so maybe a few other people or whatever but it's all it's all just moved to whatsapp <laughs> right which is owned by the same fucking guy which got shut down at the same fucking time <laughs> right and that is it is crazy like not to uh it is crazy that there's a person there whose sole connection to you and i assume lots of other people is through uh facebook messenger app <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean i bet uh I bet you're right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I bet you're not. I bet you're right. not wrong. You know, and and, but but still, but still, <laughs> no, no, it was still like I, I said in a previous podcast when we argued about Mr. Potato Head and transgender stuff. It's a fucking potato. Still, it's a fucking website. Right. You know what I mean, it's a social media site. Like, like, and everybody's like, "Oh, the conspiracy is that the whistleblower." And I don't even know what the whistleblower said, but basically, the whistleblower said everything that we know is true about Facebook. Right. Right. It was just like there was already there's already like a Netflix documentary, and uh, yep. they already like had quote unquote whistleblowers from people who used to work there. Yep, and MIB. I see you're saying the Telegram benefited, but I, I'll, I'll, I will, I will gladly put up, uh, put a wager to you personally that Facebook recovers from this. Oh yeah, do you remember? <laughs> you know what remember, I mean? It, it, it lost like six or seven percent or something, and it, it, I, 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 you know, it's going to, it's going to rebound from this. Do you remember and the I, app uh, Parker? Was it Parker or Parlor? Parlor. Yeah, it was Parlor. You remember after the uh, after the election last year, like that that exploded on the App Store, and then uh, it happened. It went away because it's like Facebook have just too many like developers. They too many. They have too many resources for something like that to be able to compete with it. Yep. Yeah, and and look. I, I get it. I, I can understand the anger about like the possibility of an anger about um, um, 70 million years is a drop in the bucket though to Facebook. It's I mean, I don't bucket. even believe that number. You said it's a Russian yeah, app. Like, and it's again, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket, but those are the same guys in, in Pandora too. You know, but anyway, not to even, I don't want to try to dwell on it for, for, to move on to the next thing, but uh, um yeah, I mean the 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 thing is that what they're what they're what people are so all oh, the you know this the, the whistleblower is coming in and saying that Facebook is completely and one hundred percent unethical. 
Wow. <laughs> That's my thing. No shit. <laughs> right. No it's, shit. No it's, shit. It's like um you know what the single of of in in the stock market, the single from nine let's say nineteen fifty to, to two thousand, the sing the, the the sector or 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 the uh, the industry with the single biggest increases in stock prices from the nineteen fifty to two thousand. It was the cigarette companies. And it's like <laughs> like yes, they're evil. Yes, everybody knows that. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because <laughs> They have you addicted. They're going to take your money. And that's just the end of it. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's not worth, uh, again, it's not worth all. Either you do it or you don't. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, it is, you're, you're 100% right. You're, you're, you're 100% right about it, man. But, uh, but, um, the, the moving over, getting off of there for, for a while there, uh, did you watch the Ryder Cup? Uh, I watched a little bit. I, I know that uh, I know that uh, Europe just got like completely destroyed. They uh, got wild up, man. Shane Shane Larry had a good uh, had a good tournament, and he's having a pretty good year as well. I think they got wild up, man. <laughs> they got wild up. And from an Irish point of view, I mean, they had three, two Irishmen on the team. They had an Irish captain. You know, it's, it didn't. Well, there's your problem. Like, <laughs> we're the ones supposed yeah. to carry all of Europe. Okay, well, <laughs> like America might beat Ireland in that <laughs> in a golf tournament. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there's good go- there's some good golf. You know, there's, right? There's, yeah, yeah, there's, of course. But uh, one of the one of the issues that I've been reading about uh, before before the tournament, and then even um, it turns out that that changes had to be made. Were these guys are so um, so exacting on the specifications of their equipment today right. that the Ryder Cup has these these foursomes where you're playing alternate shot. And you can't put together two guys that play two different golf balls. Okay. So there are thousands of different golf balls, but amongst the pros, I bet there's probably like, I don't know, a handful. There may be say amongst the, all of the PGA tour guys, there's say eight different balls that they play realistically. You know what I mean? They're playing of the ones that meet that highest of high. They're playing. Yeah. They're playing the, 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 the Titleist pro ball. They're playing the, the Callaway pro pro ball. They're playing the, you know, the, the Bridgestone pro ball. They're getting sponsored by these guys and they're playing those balls, but they they all have one of the, the, the almost uh, biggest still, differences amongst individual things is the ball. So balls can be, you know, clubs are kind of, they all chase the same technology. Right. Balls chase the same technology too, but club is a piece of metal. So it's all about how you bend the metal. You know what I mean? How you move the metal, how you groove the metal, how you, how you design, but it's all that one piece of basically that one piece of metal, except for drivers. Of course, they're, you know, insane, but the golf ball, 
like what's inside of a golf ball can be very different, different core, different mid layer, different outer layer. Cause it's all these like hybrid plastics and polyurethanes and shit that right. are put in them. So they're very different. So, uh, apparently like Rory was supposed to go out with, uh, I forget. Anyway, there were two foursomes. There were two groups that Harrington had on scheduled to play on the, I don't know, the Wednesday before, before the tournament started. And then once the, when he, he didn't know that he didn't have that figured out and I, and then he had to figure it out. He found out on the Thursday. So on the Friday he had to play different pairings. So he had this whole strategy going into the Ryder Cup, and then he had to ch- switch his strategy a day before because there were guys that played different golf balls, and they couldn't they couldn't play the other guy's golf ball. Not that they couldn't, like, but right? It was so different. The ball was so different that they they didn't feel confident being on their game, and they wanted to be on their game. <laughs> so so he had to make those changes, and then they got blown out. So maybe they should have played the other guy's fucking ball. Right? Yeah, it didn't <laughs> matter. No, it didn't. It didn't. It totally. It didn't matter. You know what I mean? It it totally didn't matter. Like for to to him at that, and the Americans set a record. So the Europeans got some work to do, and I think they're in uh, Rome. <clears throat> the next one, twenty twenty three, I think it's going to, to okay. Rome. So so it should be that should be an interesting one to see uh, to see what happens in Italy. You know, it's not in the UK or in Ireland. Or, you know, it's yeah, it's that's a, a different one. It was in France a few years back, and that was a really nice one. But uh, this one will be this one will be interesting to see what uh, what goes down. But man, the Europeans got some work to do. That's for sure. Yeah, for uh, sure, for sure. Um, so I got uh, uh, I was watching um, uh, Graham Norton. Uh, new blood definitely needed. You're right, hundred percent. New blood is needed. Listen, you're right. They get spanked by kids. One hundred percent, and uh, <laughs> and I got this now. I got this figured out now. But uh, um, yeah, the, the, you know, Harrington. I don't. I, the Europeans picked the team differently than the Americans. Uh, it used to be the top ten. The way American picked the Ryder Cup, it used to be the top ten in in the nation go, and then there were two captains picks. And now it's like fifty fifty or something. Like now it's very different. It's eight and four. Or, Six and six in America. I think it's six and six in America, and eight and four in Europe, is how uh, how they how they did it. And you know, they just like you can't have you, they the, the the average age of the you was so old. They had they had those. They just weren't. There were guys better than them in Europe that Harrington should have picked. He probably picked it thinking he could put a cohesive team together, and he mixed veterans with with younger right. guys, but. You know, and look, the Americans were peaking. The Americans are at they're at peak performance right now. If you look at that team of Americans that played, like that that right. is that is a group of Americans that you 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 wouldn't see. I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive group of Americans, top to bottom, that Ryder Cup team. And Steve Stricker put together a really good team. And I think that's where that's where they want it, you know, picking that picking that team. So I, I you know, you just you just hope that the Europeans can get it back because it's just such a fun tournament to watch. And if you ever get a chance to watch more of a Drick, uh, watch it because the energy is so high, man, so high. Every year, it's it's always uh, we're the fans too too rowdy, but every year the fans are rowdy, and it's a lot of fun to watch these guys. You can see there's some nerves, you know. And it was a really good golf course too. 
Okay, yeah. N- next one, I'll definitely, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Exactly. And Kepka and Bryson hugged. They did. They hugged. Wow. <laughs> on, the, on the on the driving range, they gave each other a hug. So you knew it was on from there. Like you knew it was on. And you, we've talked about Kepka and Bryson before, pal. Right. <laughs> but you're, but you're yeah. Right. That reminds me of another rivalry I know about. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like they're so good at hating each other that they almost know each other too well <laughs> that they just have the this world-beating partnership. <laughs> You're right. That's it. You and Cleary. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You and Cleary. We know who that okay, is. Okay, well, we know who it is. <laughs> That's who but, I suspected, but now we know. Um, so I got another uh, super cool story. I was uh, listening to... Um, I was watching the Graham Norton show. You remember, you know the Graham Norton show, right? Yeah, yeah. And last time the uh, uh, last time he had on Dave Grohl, he just had on Dave Grohl, right? And Dave Grohl wasn't on for music. He wrote a book because during COVID, he he wrote a book and. And Dave Grohl's, uh, he's definitely one of those kind of, you know, Dave Grohl's an old man now. You know what I mean? Like, he's, a, he's an old guy now. And he appeals over generations. Honest, like, you know, whether you like Nirvana and the Foo Fighters, two, two of the biggest bands that, that change people's lives, really. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, especially kids, teens, angst, the whole thing, whatever. Um, Dave Grohl was there. So, and Dave Grohl told a, a, a story on the Graham Norton show, and it's in his book, that he, when Kurt Cobain died, he was done. He said, I, I was compl- I was done. I couldn't pick up an instrument. Didn't want to pick up an instrument. Didn't want to play music ever again. I, w- I was completely done. And he said, after a few months of doing this, I said to myself, I need to go- get out of here all the stuff going on. I need to get out of here. I need to go somewhere remote. I need to go somewhere where no one would think that I would be or go that no one would even know I'm there. And I need to get, get, get the fuck out of there, go there. So we went to Kerry and he did the, and he drove the ring of Kerry by himself. So Kurt Cobain dies, Dave Grohl done with music. A few months later, he decides to go to Kerry instead of like, uh, an island or anything like that. He decides to go to Kerry. And he said he was driving the ring of Kerry by himself. And it was a completely typical Irish day out raining and not pretty at all. And he was driving down this road and there was a hitchhiker walking down the road, a young guy. And he said, I got to pull over and pick this kid up. You know, it's pouring down rain. You know, I got to, I'm going to pull over and pick this kid up. So he pulled over and he picked the kid up. And the kid got in the car and he had a Nirvana t-shirt on. And Dave Grohl said to himself, well, that's it. Like, he's like, that's it. If, if, if I can't escape it here in the middle of fucking nowhere and carry in Ireland, if I can't escape it here, then I might as well just embrace it and get my, get my shit back together and, and go to work. And then he went back to America and he created the Foo Fighters like the next month. He created the Foo Fighters. And the Foo Fighters was just him. He played every instrument. 
but he invented the he created the name the Foo Fighters, like right after. So it was an so it was an Irish visit, a trip to Kerry in Ireland, that was responsible for the Foo Fighters. <laughs> that wild? That's very cool. Isn't that a fucking cool story, man? It's very cool. <laughs> yeah, it is funny though that uh, he did expect that like people in Kerry wouldn't have like. What's Nirvana like? As if they they don't have the radio or like TVs. You're you're right about that. You're right about that completely. But uh, I think that it was more about obviously more about the symbolism for him. You're right. right. Like 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 you do get those kind of uh, those kind of questions about Ireland. You know what I mean? And you do me being here too. You kind of hear them a bit more. Like you know. Oh, I want to. The, the biggest one I always remember, and I think I've said maybe said this on the show before, but uh, people used to say to me, f- people that were coming over for visit, friends or family or whatever, blah, blah, blah. They would come, or even people I just don't like, kind of know through people because I'm right. American. And they're like, oh, my, my, my brother in law is coming over. You should talk to him. He's a really great guy. And I never hook up with them, but. I always, I always have an email back and forth and show them, you know, look, you should try and head here, do this. You know, if you're into this, there's a, just that kind of thing. But right. um, they're always say, they always say, yeah, but when I go over there, I, I, Dublin's great. I want to, I want to go to Dublin. I want to see Dublin, but I want, I want to go see the real Ireland. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean? The real Ireland. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? The real Ireland? Like, don't get me wrong. I understand what you think you're saying. <laughs> right. But, the one, the, the part of Ireland where they lived in thatched houses and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, but nothing, like, there's no, there's, there's nothing there. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing there. There's nothing there unless you go to the coast. There's, right. You know, we're, let's go. There's, there's some amazing hill walks in the Midlands. You know what I mean? And from from an Irish perspective, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, we were, you know, we went away on our board game adventures. I don't, I haven't, I don't think I podcasted since our board game adventures. Maybe I have, but uh, uh, we went away on a board game weekend there, and we went to Leitrim, and we were in the middle of nowhere. Like it was the middle of nowhere, Drickel. It was right. crazy, you know, and it was like this American dude ranch in the middle of nowhere. We stayed in this chalet. It was hilarious. It was amazing. It was fantastic. But, like, that's real Ireland. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Would you rather just take the hop on, hop off bus and go go to the Jameson factory? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I mean, let's just go to Guinness. <laughs> I mean, there's all these, awesome, there's also stuff, you know, if you're staying for a while, we'll go to the coast, we'll go to the cliffs, we'll go to some, there's some beautiful, don't get me right. wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would definitely da- recommend leaving Dublin if you, if I'm you not have downplaying, the time. I'm not downplaying the beauty, but, but. <laughs> it's not like, it's just not because whole... it's real Ireland, like it doesn't get more real than fucking, than, you know, Dublin one. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't get more, life is no more real than Dublin one. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting joint. You know, Dublin's an interesting place to live in. Like my my, and again, I, they're probably going to listen, end up listening to the show. But uh, you know, my my father and and my stepmother are coming over for the first time ever, and it's no uh, it's no mistake uh, that I've talked about on the show that uh, you know there's been an interesting to say the least relationship between my parents and I, both my mother and I and my father and I. And, uh, um, but, but, you know, long story short, 
they're coming over for the first time and they're they're staying in the city center and they just want to come and hang out with us like you know what i mean they they just it's one of those uh you know right here they're not coming over for to to for sure go sightseeing you know what i mean they're coming over to see their grandkids right but, but like they picked if a they hotel ask well, to see the real ireland well like they picked a hotel and the hotel in and of itself is in a, a fine spot really but like two blocks beyond it is not a nice spot you know what i mean so right. So, so you're like, okay. So my mother-in-law said, you know, do you think that's a good, a good spot for them to stay? And I'm like, it's, it's a Hilton. You know what I mean? And like, no, the hotel's fine, but the area behind it and at night, it's great from working hours, but at night, the area behind it isn't the best neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? So, right. so, so I emailed him and I said, look, Maybe you want to change your hotel, you know. So they're moving into Temple Bar, which is just as bad realistically. But like, at least you're in the middle. You're, you're amongst uh, uh, right. uh, other people doing with very similar interests. And there's there's hotels all over the place, and restaurants, and pubs, and bars, and stuff. And they're staying in a nice hotel. And and so I just feel better. It's easier for us to get in and kind of pick them up and and, right. and grab them or whatever. But. uh but yeah, yeah, and you know it's interesting because, <clears throat> like, like we we we, my neighborhood is is petty crimes going on in my neighborhood all the time. You know what I mean? Right. Kids are stealing. Kids are stealing the 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 uh, the bins, the the rubbish bins to burn them in the field behind me. Kids are breaking into houses. You know it, it's. I live in an interesting neighborhood. It's eclectic. It's interesting. You know what I mean? And I, I'm not, I, I'm not unhappy about, you know, you'd love it to be clean or whatever, but stuff is going on, you know? So you're like, my, I, my parents don't know that, you know You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why, why, so how do we, you know, what do we do? How do we, what do we, what do we get them, get them around it? You know what I mean? How do we get them around it? But then I'm like, wait, it's fucking Dublin, man. Like they're going to be fine. It's fucking Dublin. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We got, we got, we got friends in high places here in Dublin that can help us out, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, they're that. So, so it's, it's, it's interesting that, that, you know, like I said, that, the doesn't get any more Ireland, Ireland than that. You know what I mean? The cent- right, city really center. And, uh, but, but yeah, that's, that was the one thing they used to say to me all the time. Like, I want to go to the real Ireland, the real Ireland. You mean thatched roofs? Like, <laughs> right, like where they don't so, have a central heating system. Yeah. Like they're sitting in front of the fires. Like, yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you want to go see them? You know what I mean? Why? I mean, why? No, no, we can go to like where they, let's go up north where they filmed Game of Thrones and, and look at these crazy, you know, natural things that are happening with with these steps and let's go to cliffs of more and look at this huge cliff let's go down to cork to some of the coastline down in cork you know but but we don't we don't need to go to see a thatched cottage (laughs) right yeah we don't need there's plenty of them well there's probably one down the road (laughs) right (laughs) you probably had one within an eighth of a mile of your house in in where you live in in dublin 
you may not know about it, but or maybe hidden a little bit, but there's probably one there. Yeah, there's definitely uh there's like there's definitely uh farmland uh and stuff like that not too far from uh from where I lived. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm 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 in the I'm smack dab suburb Dublin, western suburb of Dublin and like like I bet there's one I bet there's somebody with a thatched roof house within a quarter mile of me or somewhere. You know what I mean? In the park, in the middle of the time and park somewhere or some shit. You know what I mean? There's right. probably thatched. Let's go. Let's go find them and we'll, we'll talk to them. See how they see how they cut right. their straw for their roof. Down. Hey, real Irish person, person in real <laughs> Ireland. How's yeah. It? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck off. You never think you never thought Fuck about off. that. I, I could inter- like when, when people say I want to go see the real Ireland, we like I can introduce them to somebody from Dublin. It's like, yeah, but they're not really Irish anyway. <laughs> they live in Dublin. They're not really Irish anyway. <laughs> so I did one. So I, I, like I, I've uh, I've told you, I've started uh, I've started driving, uh, yep. and um, the 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 biggest thing. And the biggest difference I notice is just the speed, and like the strain. The so like the way I understand it in 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 Ireland, the speed limit is actually the limit. Like if it says sixty kilometers an hour, like you're, you're like okay, maybe you get up to sixty one, sixty two, but no, you have to stay within sixty, right? Yeah. Yes. Whereas in America. So I, there's there's parts of the highway that are uh, that are 55 miles an hour, right? And but it's not really 55 miles an hour. <laughs> it's not really because the way it's enforced is that anything within five miles per hour is called quote unquote human error. So like, whoops, I, I was accidentally five over. That's not really speeding. And so that has the weird effect of, okay, so the speed limit is 55, but that means you're at this, the actual speed limit is 60. And, like, it's weird in that, like, the way the roads are set up is that uh, it's supposed to be that people can just drive really fast and <laughs> in, 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 like, straight lines and, and whatnot. And that if you choose, if you choose to drive 55 or let's say 53, what actually happens is that everybody behind you for, let's say a mile is, is driving faster than you. And if you drive, let's say five miles at that speed, you just end up with just a train of people behind you. And then all of those people, because it's at, it's at such a high speed them trying to lane change and figure stuff out that's actually more dangerous than if you just if you just drive the 60 miles per hour <laughs> you, no, look you know I, i'll tell you that some some memories i have of it first is we always had a saying that if we were just under 10 over then you were it was easy enough for you to get down to where you needed to be if you see a cop you know what I'm saying? Like if you're, if you, if, if you're, so if it's 55, we would be driving 63, 64. Now, some people look, don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Right. It's designed that way. Like you said, you know, the design is there. Um, but, but, but yeah, like if you were going in that, <laughs> yeah, it's a rough estimate. 
you're right. It's a rough estimate. Well, there's a when, saying like <laughs> well, uh, Ireland, the- you get two miles. In Ireland, you I think there's a give or take. I, I, I believe because isn't not all not all manufacturers calibrate exactly the same on on miles per hour, or kilometers per hour. So there has to be some kind of leeway, I believe. Right. But but you're right. Not five miles an hour. Like <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> It's a little more liberal than that. Yeah, you're right. But on the same token, um, two things. One is I've seen, um, I've seen police in like along I-95, which is the 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 big route from it goes all the way from New England down to Florida, <clears throat> and you know some of these states have a much more active police presence than others. You know, in a lot of ways, um, and some of them pay. You know, let's let's be honest. They have these 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 departments have to pay for themselves. So so they're bringing in a ton of money because because motor right. infractions are the easiest way to pay for it. So they'll stand along. I've seen them uh, with guys in this that are in this group that are, that are in our studio. I've we've we've been driving up and down going to Myrtle Beach from New York, and we've seen them like literally one. One uh, officer will have a uh, have a radar, right? Shooting the radar mm-hmm. up, and there'll be a line of cars behind him, a line of cop cars behind him, and he will just bang it, send it to the first car, and that first car goes out and gets the first speeder, and he doesn't move. He just waits for the next one, bangs it. The next car goes out. And they pull. And they just take turns pulling over speeders on I ninety five, and they probably make millions doing and that. so is is but is that like okay these people are going 10 over or is it like okay you were you're a tree over well the difference there would be the speed limit the speed limits there would be probably 75 right so if you're going 80 yeah you're gonna get banged at 80 right okay. <laughs> you know what i mean you're gonna get right. banged at 80 right that makes sense but like you said the roads are flat and straight and wide so they're built for moving you know what i mean like the 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 american uh, the the train system in america is garbage right exactly the railway system in america is is 100 garbage when you compare it to the rest of the world but that's because they kind of got there at the end america kind of you know it, it didn't it invested into this rail work because it's such a big country and invested these rail works all to, to kind of get to the spider of America. And then cars became more mainstream, mainstream and mainline. So then they could put in roads and then they can invest in these big road systems because again, there was so much space in between everybody that they could invest in these big roads. So they never had to invest in rail systems because the automotive industry ruled america for so long and that's why you have such amazingly good roads in america right you know what i mean you have these like these just insane systems in, in america you know so so you're right it's built for that it's kind of built for it. but the bone that i have with american driving a lot of times is you know if it's a four-lane highway right or a three-lane highway you have three lanes of traffic going in one direction right i can't stand the bolters so you know the oh guys my god bolt in and out of traffic because because realistically and AAA has come out with th- this was a study that was done by AAA. you know when you're in rush hour traffic right 
they're all the lanes are going to move at exactly the same speed. Now the, the one that's furthest to the exit is going to be a little bit different because it's going to be an off ramp and an on ramp. So there's going to be a little bit more speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. But mm-hmm. realistically the, the rate of travel of all of those lanes is the same, but it never works that way. There's always like one lane that you find that goes faster and then the other ones are slow and there's a stoppage on them. And that's because people that go do all this darting in and out to try and find, you're going to get home two minutes earlier, man. You know right. what I mean? You're literally going to get home from me two minutes earlier. You know, like Columbus, so, there's so many of them in Columbus and they're so that- aggressive. <laughs> they're so like, it's notorious, at least within Ohio that like, you just see these people just like being incredibly aggressive. And it's like you said, like, You've done all that, and now we're, we're both slowed down, and you are like 10 feet ahead of me. <laughs> That's it. Life in the like, fast well lane. Done. I, know. I know. It's, uh, it's I mean, you're right. It, it is. Um, but I got to tell you, like, like, and, and again, he's, he's, in the, he's in the studio, so he can attest to this. Like, coming to Ireland, and you see that the, the, the speed limit on a back hillbilly road with stone walls on either side barely enough room for two cars to pass with all blind spots is 120 kilometers per hour the same as the highway is right you're like, you know, you're like what the f-? those cars are fucking humming man humming. right humming i can remember being in that uh being in that car with 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 the Raz and with and with our buddy Claude and uh, drive the first time kind of not with an Irish person and we rented a car and we were driving down to Cork and there were some like scary moments, man. When like the passenger, my passenger was Raz was saying, "Do you gonna hit the wall? You're gonna hit the wall." And I'm like, "Gonna hit the wall? These fucking cars are gonna smack my mirror any second." Like I was, we were scared to right. death. That yeah, was a tough drive, scary. man. Pouring down rain, man. Pouring down rain. It was so. So it has its give and take moments. Right. There's obviously different, differences. Different, different areas, but uh, but yeah, I can imagine that a, a city like Columbus probably has an amazing roads, highway system, and it must be mental for you, man. Well, well like uh, the the one thing that like confuses me the most. So like you, you have these off ramps. So you're on the highway. You're getting off, and the way they built them is that uh, if you if you uh, if if you if you if you're you're always on the right road, and so if if you're if you need to turn left, you, you don't just turn left through the other highway. It, it, it's it's just this really like circular exit, <laughs> and you you veer off to a left, and it's almost like a donut, uh, like a half donut to to go to the left. So you go underneath it or you go over it, whatever, and um, there's these signs up because you're going in this big curve. So you're, you're, you're gone from 65 and the signs up say, okay, yeah, actually you should be, you should be doing this at 40 miles an hour. Uh, and, and so I see this the first time I'm going through it, I'm with an instructor and, I'm, and I, I slow down to do, to do it 40 miles an hour. And uh, he goes to me, no, those are actually more of a suggestion. You could really do it at 50. <laughs> you should be doing that at 50. Like and it's just a massive turn. Like yeah, that's that's really a fifty mile per hour turn. <laughs> no way, that is awesome, man. That is awesome. And Lauren and and Lauren said the same thing. She was like, yeah, that's it. It's actually, it it's like on the highway. It's more dangerous 
but you doing it slower is more dangerous because it causes the other people to slow behind you, and that's when you get the darters. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're, it's, uh, <laughs> it's true, man. It's very, very true. You know, in uh, uh, Goldie's saying what's amazing about the country roads here in Ireland is that there's room for only one car, and is that when cars meet coming in opposite directions, it always miraculously happens where there's a little runoff into a ditch, so it allows you to pass. It's the luck of the Irish. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's true. You see, but I, I think there's also a, 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 an inane kind of uh, – understanding that when you're on those roads you're you're looking for the next one you know what i mean when you're on those roads you turn okay here's the next one so if you do see a car coming the other direction you get yourself to that spot where you could you could get on so i think there's a, a bit of uh of uh understanding as an irish driver to to know it's sort of a subliminal thing to get where you got to get to you know what i mean right you're always you're always looking for where those ditches are so i have a good um a good story about that to, to even end it on. But so when you took your, uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, where I got my driver's license, you take your driving test with state police. Okay. And you take it on a, I don't know if it's changed now. It could have changed now, but when I took it, you, you take it with state police officer and you take it on a, on a course. You don't, you're not actually on the road. You go into a course. So what happens is the, uh, the state trooper and um, in Pennsylvania, maybe in Ohio the same way, but the state troopers, a lot of times in these states, they wear these big, wide-brim hats. I don't know if it's like that in Ohio, but the state troopers are, are, were well-known in Pennsylvania because they wore these big, wide-brim hats, you know, very, very uh, – Right. Very, I have the picture in my head. Very strong, you know, very strong and powerful. And essentially what it was, was it would be all of the kind of the guys that were the, it would be, there would be guys that would be working, going towards their retirement. So they're not on the beat anymore. They're not going out anymore. They're almost on retirement. So they would go to work in the driver testing. So what would happen? So it's always the old guys, you know? So the, I remember the first time I came out and uh, um, he, the very regimented, they stand outside. They ask you, you know, directional, do this directional, high beams off, this, that, boom, 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 boom. They walk around the car, make sure that, that there's a safety check. And then he came in the car and uh, he he uh, he sat down. What's up there, Tony? I, uh, he sat down in the car and he took his hat off his head, this big wide brim hat, you know, and he placed it on the on the dashboard in front of him. You know, he's like, "Hi, my name is Trooper." So-and-so from the Pennsylvania State Police, you are about to take a road uh, driving test. Are you prepared to take this driving test today, son? Blah, 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 blah. Very, like, regimented. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, sir. You will now proceed to the stop sign, make a right-hand turn, where you will head into the course. You know, and it was very much – this is this is the way it was. And, and you got to do, like, a three-point turn and a parallel park, and you have to – you do this, like, chicane kind of thing where you had to go back and forth amongst the, the cones or whatever – and um, and when you did your your parallel parking, he he said to me, um, "This clipboard is exactly eighteen inches, whatever it was, eighteen inches in length. That is the Pennsylvania State blah 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 for uh, parallel parking. Your car can be no further apart than this. 
you can get as many chances as you can, but you can't. So, and then he would open the door when he parallel parked, he opened the door and he put it, stuck his, his, uh, his clipboard out and he measured it to see if you were too far or too close, you know, not too close, but too far away from the curb without hitting it. Right. And then from there you had to do a three point turn and get out of there. And I, the first time I took the test, I, everything aced it. Fucking, I aced it. I had to have aced it. We get down into the thing. We pull down underneath the, uh, uh, underneath the, the bridge or whatever for, for him to get out. And he said, uh, he said, son, he said, I have to tell you, you did, uh, you did very good today, but, uh, but you didn't pass. I was like, what are you talking about? And he's, there was like a light mist kind of, it was the daytime, you know, but there was sort of like a light mist or whatever. And I had my misting wipers on because there was a mist in the air, but this was, there, there weren't daytime running lights on cars. So the, 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 the head, headlights weren't on all day. You had to turn them on. You had to use them. I didn't have my, when you, when in Pennsylvania, when you were, had your wipers on, you had to have your headlights on. Right. So if it was raining, right. And I didn't do that. So he failed me, but he never said anything to me or he may have really quietly, but I didn't have him on the whole trip. I didn't even realize it. And he, and he failed me. So now I'm dejected and I go and I, I have to go back again and I get to, I go back a second time and it's a different, different guy. And he's, but it's the same thing. And we get over to the parallel park and he says, this clipboard is such and such. You cannot be wider than this, blah, blah, blah. You can have as many chances as you want, but you cannot, uh, uh, you, you must be within this 18 inches. And for some reason, whatever I, I, I failed. Like he took the clipboard out and he's like, you're too wide. You must, you must pull up closer to the curb. And I backed up and I pulled in, but I was, I had a brain fart or whatever. And it was the same thing. He opened the door. He's like, you're too wide. You may now proceed to a three point turn. I'm like, fuck. Like not again, not again. And again, you get these minor and major deficiencies in the things you do. And, and you know, you, you're allowed so many screw ups or whatever, you know what I mean? But I'm right. like, not, like, not again, you know, and we pull in and he gives me the paperwork and he says the same thing. Like, I didn't know that that trooper told me I failed. This trooper is like, take the paper. But then he said, take this paperwork, go inside. And this trooper said the same thing. He didn't tell me whether I passed or failed. He just said, take this paperwork and go inside. And I went inside and they're like, congratulations, you passed. And I'm like, this motherfucker, <laughs> thank God. Thank God that I yeah. did that because I could not. I don't know if I could come back here again. <laughs> right. Yeah. A turd test is too hard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can you believe that? I don't know if I could come back here again for that. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> did I tell you the story of my uh, driving test? I don't think you did. Go for it. So uh, it's a bit different in Ohio in that um, you, do have, you do have the parallel parking thing, uh, but it's with cones. And the actual on and there's the actual like maneuverability test is on the road. Like you have to go out and drive on the road, blah blah blah. Um but I did my test during COVID and the instructor okay. wouldn't would they didn't want to get in the car. Or not the instructor, the the, the, the tester, they wouldn't get in the car. And so you, you obviously can't go out on the road where if the, if they won't get in the car. So I uh my test was in the car park and so you, you you drive up you have to drive into a parking space exit the parking space turn left into a stop sign 
right into a stop sign and then uh through a yield sign and then and that's and that's that's the on that's the uh the on road test <laughs> that's the on road test that was the on road <laughs> test that i passed and the way it works is that uh, you you get up to 20 points that you can fail or that you can you can lose and fail and, and it's like two for minor stuff and then five for something bigger etc etc and then um, and obviously, like I, 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 at that point that I was taking it, I didn't even know how to drive properly. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not passing up the opportunity to do uh, the driving test in a car park. <laughs> and the worst part is, here's the worst part. You know who was allowed to be in the car beside you? Your actual instructor. <laughs> and so, like, and no joke. So they, so they. So they made the test impossible to fail, and then they gave you the the cheat sheet, <laughs> right? And, and they so obviously you the answers. <laughs> so obviously they uh, they're gonna watch the instructor to make sure he's not talking to you. But like the for the first turn, I was really nervous, so I forgot to uh, I was forgetting to indicate up to the turn, and he was like with the with the side of his mouth, your indicator, your indicator. I was like, oh shit. It was like so he like he even like he even helped me and like they didn't even catch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. And so awesome. uh I, I get through it and and obviously it's fine. And then afterwards it's a it's a it's like a parallel park, but you have to drive through cones. You have to you have to like drive through the spot and then make this maneuver in, inside the uh uh, you have to drive through a spot, turn left around the cone, and then reverse back the way you came. And then, um, normally when you're doing that, or, or when I did it, every time you stop and hesitate, you lose two points. And if you can imagine that if you're if you're if you just did a full on road test, yeah. every time that that's a quite a punishment. Yeah, totally. Well, Whereas uh, because I, I was able to get through it with uh, 20 points or, or with no points, um, I was able to stop four times, reassess, look at the window, check my, my mirrors, and I lost eight points, but it, it, I, I was just able to pass because... Yeah, because you didn't go on the road at all, so you just did your other stuff. That's great. Um, it was so bad. Honestly, it was so bad that after the test... Uh, I said to the instructor, so now can you actually teach me how to drive? <laughs> now that I have a license? Yeah. <laughs> That's great, man. That's fantastic. I, I remember, again, I don't know if this is true or not, but in Pennsylvania where I got my tests, when you were from 16 to 18, you had to drive on what they called a Cinderella license. So you had to be um, – you couldn't be on the roads – from like midnight to to six a.m. or something. Okay. Like you had to drive. You had to, so you you couldn't drive between those hours because of your age. Then you're near eighteen. You get the full. The, it becomes a full license, and you didn't have to retest or anything. But it became a full license, and you can drive twenty four hours. But because of that, my um, my high school prom. So your Debs, I think you call it here. But my high school prom was like. 12 hours long because you had to 
it was it, they either had to leave by midnight or they had to stay until it was over at six a.m. So legally, the underage, the under eighteen kids who were driving could drive home. So they were at a party all night, so they could drive home. It was it, right. there was there was very little uh, a thought behind it. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> no, either but my, let them drive home at like twelve or whatever. But my 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 school prom was twelve. I went my it was it's a junior senior prom, but I also went my sophomore year with my then girlfriend, and uh, it was um, you know, you started it was six six p.m. to six a.m. It was full. We had we had three bands, strolling magicians, comedians. You know what I mean? Like we we had we would have like like they would spring for somebody semi-famous like a semi-famous sort of comedian in the in the area you know to to come on and do a show like like 12 it was 12 hours long man that is that was that sounds like a great time it was a great time it was a great time and you had to figure out how to smuggle in because again you know you can't it's 21 drinking age so we were not not near that age you know so how do you smuggle in fun (laughs) you know right and on top of that, I think my dad might have – I don't know if my father was working at the prom or not those years because he was a school teacher when I was in high school. He was my Spanish teacher. But uh, uh, I don't remember if he was there or not, but trying to trying to figure it out. <laughs> the Amish Mafia, that's right. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, uh, we're here an hour and a half, man. I appreciate you sticking it out with me, bro. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I hope I hope, uh, I hope it was fun. You got anything else you want to chat about? Uh, no, that's it. That those are the things I wanted to bring up. Look, uh, brother, man, I totally appreciate you coming on the show with me tonight, dude. And like I said, you, at this stage, it's basic. Uh, if if I'll just tell you when I'm doing a show, and that if you want to just be come come on and be do the do co, no matter who else I have on the show, you know what I mean. You might as well you might as well just come and hang out with me, man. If anything else, I appreciate you being that last minute. Uh, uh, last minute guy to come in and help a brother out. And uh, uh, it means a lot, pal. Thanks a million. Yeah, no, no problem. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on again. And the Raz is off next week. So we can have, we can have him on next week. We can do, get back into, into maybe we'll do an all golf show. Raz, we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> um, I appreciate it. And you know, uh, you're, you're coming home, right? When, when are you coming home? Christmas time? Christmas time. Yeah. So to be uh, it, so that's I mean it's it's October, kid. Yeah, it's uh, it's very, and I just I just got a letter in the so the way my visa works is that uh, it's only it, it's like it's quote unquote a provisional, uh, okay, and so it's provisional for for two years, and uh, and then you have to apply you have to apply to get it extended, and uh, but once you do that, they extend it for another two years. Okay. Uh, and so I, uh, I, uh, I just got the little letter thing that says, uh, "Oh yeah, your uh, your your visa thing is good for another two years." So that essentially means that it's absolutely I can go and I'll be able to get back in. <laughs> well, that's good, man. I'm sweating that a little bit, probably a bit more than I should. That's good. Well, we all we all can appreciate that, man. We all can appreciate that that you can at least come home and then go back. You know, <laughs> right? Hopefully, hopefully, there's no issues with it. But I, I get you, man. It's a different day and age too, man. It's COVID. Now you got to get tests before you get on the fucking planes. Now you gotta, you know. But uh, right. uh, look, we we got some 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 cool trips that are even coming up, and uh, so that that's going to be a ton of fun. 
thanks, Chico, for coming on the show. Thanks, guys, for for listening out there. You guys know who you are. We totally appreciate you. Anybody who uh, who downloads this after, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you had a little fun tonight. But uh, if not, I don't give a fuck. We'll see you <laughs> yeah, soon. Thank you. Peace out. Hit the lotto is out of here, baby.